Welcome to the Muni360 podcast from New York Life Investments. Valuable insights on all aspects related to investing in the complex and highly fragmented municipal bond market. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Muni360 podcast from New York Life Investments. I'm Chris Roberti with Mackay Municipal Managers. In a municipal market that is highly complex, from public policy to market technicals, we're excited to bring you another podcast focusing on current municipal themes and strategies for clients to consider. I'm excited to be joined today by Mike Denlinger, directly from our trading desk in Los Angeles. Mike is a managing director and portfolio manager with focus on the investment grade segment of the marketplace. We've been really looking forward to having Mike back on the show to share his observations. Mike, great to have you with us today on the podcast. Thanks, Chris. Great to be here again. So first, you know, the trajectory of the marketplace, certainly tough, very mixed year to date with, I, I would say, a decent amount of weakness and rate volatility in the recent several weeks and even month or so. Volatility certainly has picked up. And all that being said, just really want to start to get your observations as it relates to the marketplace. Yeah, volatility has been the name of the game. It, it wasn't very long ago that we were worried about a potential banking crisis. And now we've t- completely priced that out of the market. And especially in August and September, we've seen a pretty significant move higher in treasury yields, which has carried muni yields higher with it. Um, and as you say, even a week like this week, where we came in Monday, Tuesday, or t- Tuesday, Wednesday, I should say, you get a pretty significant rally in treasuries, and then we give a lot of it back today. There's been a tremendous amount of volatility. And again, volatility may be painful to go through in the near term, but longer term, if you're active, if you're moving portfolios around, if you're taking advantage of the volatility that's in the market, it can benefit portfolios longer term. Yeah, certainly. And that's why we named today's podcast, Heightened Volatility Brings Historic Opportunity, right? So I think we definitely agree on that. And it's hard not to talk about rates. <laughs> you know, I know we uh, certainly as a team, we don't make duration bets. We don't make interest rate calls as it relates to the portfolio specifically. We keep more of a duration, neutral posture. All that being said, we have to ask the question, you know, do you think the current rate narrative is priced into the municipal marketplace? Yeah, it's it's too bad that we're still talking about rates again, you know, even after last year, but you have to. We did get some some inflation data this morning. It basically came out in line with expectations. You continue to see the trend towards lower levels of inflation month over month. Whether that's the pace that the Fed wants remains to be seen. Looking at market pricing after this morning, it looks like it's about a 50-50 chance that the Fed hikes again in 2023. Frankly, I think markets have moved a lot. And so markets are certainly pricing in a lot more in terms of tighter not only Fed policy, but just tighter financial conditions when you look at the move in rates. And what we like to do is we like to look at the upside in buying a bond versus the downside. And as yields push higher, bond math becomes in greater favor for the investor. Uh, it's certainly a lot more advantageous to be buying in yields like today's yield environment than certainly where it was a couple of years ago. And a good analogy when you think about that is the yield at which you enter an investment sets the runway that you're on for your total return long-term. And again, the higher the yield that you get involved, the better off your total return prospects are going to be. Right. So certainly the stage has been set. And I think in other 
prior dislocations we've seen in our market, you look at last year, how tough it was down double digits. Oftentimes the recovery snapback is so quick. We certainly haven't seen that this year, right? And so to your point on runway, the runway is still there to uh, capture some total return as we go forward. And, you know, certainly year-to-date returns have been lackluster for a number of reasons. But all that being said, with that, you know, opportunity set, can you share some thoughts on levels, spreads, the general attractiveness of the marketplace, and also how do these levels we're seeing compare to other periods historically of relative value? Yeah, when you think about just benchmark scales, AAA scales, whether it be from Bloomberg, other scale providers in the market, in the 30-year part of the curve, we've basically been hovering between four and a quarter and 4.4%. 10-year, you're closer to three and a half percent. And again, these are tax-exempt yields. So if you want to compare these to other yields that you see in other markets, you have to make that tax adjustment. And when you do, you start to get really compelling taxable equivalent yields today. And I think what's most interesting about this recent sell-off is despite the move higher in yields, munis aren't pricing tighter relative to treasuries. So we talk about muni to treasury ratios here. 30-year ratios have been hovering around 90% for almost all of 2023. And you might expect the ratios to tighten, i.e. munis outperform as yields have pushed higher, but it hasn't happened. And 10-year ratios are actually now wider than they've been for most of the year. And I think that's really been a function of, you know, flows not coming into the market in any meaningful way. And so despite these higher yields, we're not priced more cheap, uh, more richly. I think that's, that's a bit unexpected because you tend to see retail investors gravitate to buying individual bonds as yields push higher. That's been the case, but fund flows, you know, are still remain negative. As it relates to spreads, spreads do remain on the tighter end, especially within high yield. And it's not that we don't like high yield today. I just think you have to be very careful about which high yield that you own and and not dip too far down the credit spectrum because when you look at where spreads are, you're not necessarily being compensated for it. But I will say the tighter spreads to a degree are warranted just because of the absolute level of yields that we're talking about. There are some really high quality, high yield bonds that you can buy in our market that are between five and a half and 6% today. And in some cases, these are triple tax exempt. So for an investor in a high tax state, you very quickly start talking about 8% plus taxable equivalent yields, which is what a lot of investors hope to get from the S&P 500 in their portfolios. So again, these are the types of things we're talking about. Um, I think Despite spreads being relatively tight, you still have ratios that have been towards the wider end and absolute yields that have pushed to the highest that we've seen in years. Yeah. So to be able to achieve 7 8% tax equivalent yield with credit fundamentals being pretty solid, which we'll talk about in a second, pretty attractive. But before we go there, the landscape, while volatile, is pretty attractive to your point. Let's talk about how active managers like ourselves put these ideas to work. So that being said, let's talk a little bit more generally about portfolio positioning, things we like, things we don't like. Yeah, and from a high level, um, we are getting a little bit more comfortable allowing durations to extend a little bit relative to our benchmarks. And again, that's not necessarily a call on rates. That's more a call on the upside that we see in fixed income relative to the downside today. And again, that, that difference is starting to skew more in favor of putting money to work a little bit longer. The other thing, we continue to emphasize that 
three to 10 years on the curve looks relatively rich. We would rather move just a little bit further to 15 to 25 years. But I think what's really interesting today is the diversity of bond structures that you can find in the market. And when we talk about bond structures, we're really talking about what your coupon looks like and what your call structure looks like. You know, there are still coupon structures that got issued a few years ago that are really low coupons, two, three, or 4%, that are now at pretty significant discounts. And when you start layering in some significant discount paper into your portfolio, again, you're introducing a really interesting total return profile from some of those securities. So we like some of those, effectively adding a little bit of positive convexity into the portfolios. But we also like to barbell that, and we've been talking about it for a while, with some larger coupon alternatives that are mostly being produced in the primary market today. After this recent sell-off, that looks like a 5.5% coupon. So we think if you sort of barbell some of your couponing structure here with some of the bigger coupons that are being issued in the primary and some deep discount structures, and then you sell out of or use as a financing arm bonds that are priced close to par because that structure's got some really negatively convex uh, return profile to it. So we think all of that is presenting us with some interesting opportunities. And again, when we get volatility like this, you do find those deals that get that are slow in the market where we can come in with an order for size with the structure we want at spreads that we think are attractive and try to get outsized allotments. And again, that's you know, the calendar is stepping up next week and uh, we'll be looking to do just that. Yeah, it seems like a, a really good market to be able to put capital to work and play a little bit of offense, uh, and ch- which is great. So we were saying, you know, the market is is very attractive in terms of levels, opportunity to ch- achieve a nice yield and total return. Couple that with the credit landscape. Again, something we talk about on many of our shows where we're talking about strong credit fundamentals in general. Are we still seeing that today? Any color you have on the credit fundamentals? Yeah, we've been talking about for a while how the broad muni credit is effectively the strongest that we've ever seen. Um, and you have seen some revenue streams start to come off the boil, um, but they do. it does feel like they're leveling off a little bit here. So despite the fact that they may not be quite as robust as they were a couple of years ago, they're still running at really strong levels. So I think you know, if we're talking about the broad type of muni credit that investors think about and not getting too into the weeds on a single site project or certain sectors where we, we feel there's too much risk, but the general muni credit you think about, we're still seeing it at a really strong level. And so again, if you're looking at munis and you're comparing it to other fixed income asset classes, not only do you have to tax adjust for the tax exempt income that you're going to receive, but credit risk adjusted too, because high quality munis really hold up well in late economic cycles and just in general, when we're talking about from a credit profile. As we're talking this through, it certainly feels like a constructive view, whether we're talking attractive levels, credit fundamentals in general. And then we sort of go to the next topic, technicals and supply demand. What do we expect through the remainder of this year in terms of just technicals in the marketplace? Yeah, it seems like supply may pick up. Uh, Again, next week, there's going to be a little bit of a pickup, but we do have some holiday weeks coming up. We're also dealing with a level of rates where you're starting to see certain deals not actually come to the market because maybe it was a refunding deal and now the economics don't make sense. So while we may see pickups, you know, week to week 
in general, supply for all of 2023 is going to be relatively muted. On the demand side, it's probably also going to be muted for the rest of 2023. One of the biggest drivers of demands is flows into muni mutual funds. And we see that a lot of financial advisors are are keeping capital allocated into money markets, T-bills and the like, and, and they're not necessarily deploying that into mutual funds yet. And I don't think that's going to change for the balance of 2023. So you'll see pockets of demand, you know, the first of a month when coupons get paid out and, and bond maturities come due. I do think, however, before we get to the turn of the calendar, you typically start to see the broker de- dealer community take their risk up as they're starting to position for the January 1 effect. And that January 1 effect is, uh, for those that aren't aware of that, my, my understanding is December, January is a strong technical period because of the high volume of principal and income that comes due looking to reinvest. In essence, reinvestment season, right? Exactly right. Maybe switching gears a little bit at the you know client level, putting ideas to work. Why do you think, Mike, investors should consider actively managed funds as a replacement or complement to the passive approaches that many are taking, whether that's more you know, SMA, ladder, that type of thing? If volatility produces opportunities, and opportunities may be deploying capital, again, if there's a deal that's slow, we can get the type of structure that we want, we can get an outsized allotment. That's the type of thing that we see drive alpha over interest rate cycles. The other thing is that it's very easy to enhance the tax efficiency of a portfolio when the market moves lower, Uh, whether that be via taking tax losses But also when you take a tax loss, if you're redeploying those proceeds right away, in many cases, you're improving the tax-free income stream on that portfolio. That's really low-hanging fruit, I think, for investors to ask of their managers in a market like this. It's something that we're highly focused on. We've been highly focused on it since last year. Um, And this recent leg higher in yields gives you that opportunity again. And we've seen growth in what I would describe as more passive mandates in the market. And I just think investors need to be aware that there are a lot of things that managers can be doing today to both enhance long-term performance and enhance long-term tax-free income streams, as well as tax efficiency in a year like 2023. It's just on the investor to make sure that their managers are doing it. Yeah. And I think we're realistic too, where you know we've been working with many clients that have had for years ladders and SMAs and I think we're realistic in that, you know, they're probably not going to exit that, but there's certainly a case to be made to complement that with something dynamic, you know, stronger yield profile, more total return potential. So I think there's a case to be made to complement those approaches as we were talking about. Well, thanks, Mike. It's great to see that the team is still, you know, optimistic about the muni market. It's certainly been quite a, you know, 18 to 24 months we've seen, but the opportunity set seems to be significant as we go forward, at least potentially, and that the stage is well set for an active approach. Uh, This has, again, been a great conversation. I I know that our listeners are going to continue to find your thoughts and insights to be really, really helpful. But before we let you go, do you have any parting thoughts for our listeners? I think for the most part, 2023 has been a much more challenging year than people thought when looking at 2022. Uh, It's just been the reality of the yield environment that we've been in. And we're sympathetic to it. And at the same time, it gives us the opportunity to actually be active in the portfolios. Again, it's it's harvesting losses. It's improving income streams. 
And then it's, it's buying the types of structures that make these income streams robust for a long period of time. However, we have been receiving a lot more questions about when is the right time to start deploying capital, to start to lengthen out duration. And when you look at where we are today, and we talk about the taxable equivalent yields we're seeing, you know, in investment grade, is, it's easy to get between a seven and a seven and a half percent taxable equivalent yield, pushing eight and a half to nine percent in high yield. You know, these are equity-like returns that we're talking about. And if you can get your runway set with tax-exempt yields that are between four and a quarter and four and three quarter in investment grade at 100 basis points for high yield, I believe it's going to set you up really well for the long term. And I think a big risk that investors face today is reinvestment risk. Because if you're sitting in a money market fund or you're sitting in treasury bills rolling them, I understand why. We all understand why. But it is a real risk. Reinvestment risk is very real for total return long term. It's just something investors should be aware of. Mike, really, really helpful thoughts and ideas. And with that, that wraps up this episode of Muni360 Podcast uh, with New York Life Investments. I'm Chris Roberti with Mackay Municipal Managers. Please be sure to subscribe and look out for new episodes. We appreciate you rating the show and leaving a review so we can spread these insights to as many as possible. Thanks for listening. All investments are subject to market risk and will fluctuate in value. Municipal bond risks include the ability of the issuer to repay the obligation, the relative lack of information about certain issuers, and the possibility of future tax and legislative changes, which could affect the market for and value of municipal securities. Bonds are subject to interest rate risk and can lose principal value when interest rates rise. Bonds are also subject to credit risk, which is the possibility that the bond issuer may fail to pay interest and principal in a timely manner. Investing in below investment grade securities may carry a greater risk of non-payment of interest or principal than higher rated securities. Past performance is no guarantee of future results, which will vary. It is not possible to invest directly in an index. Diversification does not assure a profit or protect against loss in a declining market. Active management is the use of a human element, such as a single manager, co-managers, or a team of managers to actively manage a fund's portfolio. Active management strategies typically have higher fees than passive management. Credit spread reflects the difference in yield between a treasury and corporate bond of the same maturity. Duration is a measure of the sensitivity of the price of a bond to a change in interest rates. CPI is the consumer price index that measures the overall change in consumer prices based on a representative basket of goods and services over time. Credit quality. Percentages are based on fixed income securities held in the fund's investment portfolio and exclude any equity or convertible securities in cash or cash equivalents. Ratings apply to the underlying portfolio of debt securities held by the fund and are rated by an independent rating agency, such as Standard & Poor's, Moody's, and or Fitch. If ratings are provided by the rating agencies but differ, the lower rating will be utilized. If only one rating is provided, the available rating will be utilized. Securities that are unrated by the rating agencies are reflected as such in the breakdown. Unrated securities do not necessarily indicate low quality. S&P rates borrowers on a scale from triple A to D. Triple A through triple B represent investment grade, while double B through D represent non-investment grade. This material contains the opinions of the Mackay Municipal Managers team of Mackay Shields LLC, but not necessarily those of Mackay Shields LLC. The opinions expressed herein are subject to change without notice. This material is distributed for informational purposes only. Forecasts, estimates, and opinions contained herein should not be considered as investment advice or a recommendation of any particular security, strategy, or investment product. Information contained herein has been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but not guaranteed. Any forward-looking statements speak only as of the date they are made, and Mackay Shields assumes no duty and does not undertake to update forward 
forward-looking statements. The strategies discussed are strictly for illustrative and educational purposes and are not a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any securities or to adopt any investment strategy. There is no guarantee that any strategies discussed will be effective. Neither New York Life Insurance Company nor its affiliates or representatives provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Please contact your own professionals. Makai Municipal Managers is a team of portfolio managers at Makai Shields. Makai Shields is 100% owned by NYLIM Holdings, which is wholly owned by New York Life Insurance Company. Not all products and services provided by Makai Shields may be available to all investors, limited by applicable laws and regulations in certain jurisdictions. No part of this material may be reproduced in any form or referred to in any other publication without the express written permission of Makai Shields. New York Life Investments is both a service mark and the common trade name of certain investment advisors affiliated with New York Life Insurance Company. Securities distributed by New York Life Distributors, LLC, 30 Hudson Street, Jersey City, New Jersey, 07302.